0: Welcome to the Arkansas Wildlife Podcast, the official podcast of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. We are talking hunting, fishing, and conservation with engaging guests and in-depth discussions with game and fish staff. It's Arkansas Wildlife, the podcast for all things outdoors in the natural state.
1: Welcome to the Arkansas Wildlife Podcast, and this is an episode unlike any we've ever done before. We are recording this podcast in the field specifically in Biomeda Wildlife Management Area on a duck hunt, but it's not just any ordinary duck hunt. It's a black powder duck hunt. Smoke poles, muzzle-loading shotguns. I'm here with my buddy Curtis Hill who is down from Utah and kind of give you a little bit of background. I grew up hunting uh, shooting target, muzzle-loading target matches. Uh, my dad was into it. We, we spent a lot of time doing that. And so, a little over a year ago, I was out visiting family in the Salt Lake City area. And a buddy of mine who lives out there, originally from Arkansas, was, was actually home for the Thanksgiving holidays. And so, in lieu of us getting together and, and hanging out, he said, I'm not gonna be there, but I want you to go shoot uh, at, uh, shoot some sporting clays with my buddy Curtis. And Curtis and I had met on a duck hunt in Arkansas the previous year. So Curtis shows up with this 180-year-old muzzleloader that he's holding in his hand right now, roughly, about that old, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I got to break some clays with it, and I said, man, it would be fun to duck hunt with that. And he said, well, I duck hunt with this all the time on the Great Salt Lake, on the marshes around the edge of the lake. And I said, well, when you come back to Arkansas to duck hunt, bring that muzzleloader. I've got a muzzleloading shotgun, and we're going to go duck hunting in the flooded timber with muzzleloaders and so that's how we ended up here today. Uh, Curtis, you, you've been, you're, you're kind of like a black powder guy. I mean, big game, waterfowl, whatever. How did, how did you get into black powder hunting?
0: Grandpa. So, <laughs> grandpa, you know, cattle rancher, cattle, yeah, cattle rancher, I'm cold. Uh, <laughs> central Southern Utah, all about black powder cartridges, sharps rifles, Winchesters, and then we shot muzzleloaders and uh, from muzzleloader rifles, but all traditional. He's a purist. Uh, no black powder substitute, all true black powder, no scopes, no inlines, keep it traditional. So.
1: Well, I think that's the way it ought to be. Tell me the story of that shotgun. As much as you know about
0: it. Yeah, as much as I know, it was built in the early 1800s, probably roughly 1830. Uh, William Moore is the maker's name on the side in London. And uh, I don't know who's had it for the past 180 years, but it eventually got to uh, my grandpa's best friend who we called Uncle Ed, who was a gunsmith who refinished it, made it in working condition. So it wasn't just a wall hanger. And when he passed away eight years ago, um, I inherited it. He used to shoot ducks when I was a kid, and I called it the dragon because flames come out the barrel.
1: (laughs) It's not, uh, you know, we think of shotguns 10, 12, 16, 20 gauge. It's a little different.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is before cartridges, so um, on the underside of the barrel, it was considered an 11 bore, so an 11 gauge. Um, So it's between a 10 gauge and a 12 gauge.
1: All right, you got this shotgun. How do you go from having this, you know, almost 200-year-old shotgun to actually using it as a weapon in the field? I mean, was there a learning curve there? What was that like?
0: lucky i i know good people right and uh uh, in today's day and age you can look most things up but yeah i had to uh find all the wads because when you load this thing you pour your powder down and then over shot wad then your cushion wad then you pour your shot in then an over wad and i had to kind of figure out the right circumference of those wads to get good compression and pattern it and make sure that it was the right feet per second for hunting and yeah
1: it's not easy to find black powder stuff anymore i mean in some you know we have a muzzle loading rifle season here in arkansas and as you alluded to earlier a lot of people are going to you know inline muzzle loaders electronic ignition you've got the, the the discs of of you know some sort of synthetic powder but i mean so are you having to are you having to like make the wads for that because it's because it's an 11 bore? Or can you find those?
0: You can find them, but um, again, back to my purist grandpa, we do have wad cutters. <laughs> so you'll get felt out and you'll cut them like you cook, cook uh, cut cookies, and you just kind of push them and you'll cut the wads. So I can buy some, but the ones that work really good are actually sized to the bore.
1: Yeah. What? When did you hunt with that shotgun for the first time?
0: First time was probably two and a half, three years ago. Um, when I was a kid, I always got to watch people shoot it. I got to watch Uncle Ed shoot it. But the first time I took it out, I took it out in Idaho. And uh, it's a 36-inch barrel. It's really heavy. And some, some bluebells came in, and I took a bluebill out. And... Uh, Man, I jumped up and down for probably 20 minutes after I shot that first duck.
1: Speaking of jumping up and
0: down, we we hunted together
1: with these black powder shotguns last year. And I want you to tell the story from from your perspective. Uh, Sunny day, very cold, some ice starting to form, you know, some birds flying Mm -hmm. as they often are late in the season toward the end of January. Uh, they're, they're pretty skittish, though. It's hard to get them in. We finally got one to come in. Tell me what happened next.
0: We get one to come in, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm new. I'm a guest here in this great state of Arkansas. So I'm like, do we, uh, do we shoot ducks when they land on the water and they've committed, or do we, we try to get them in the air? And he snuck in. You gave me the go-ahead, and I took that duck out. He was a little ways out there yeah and uh like
1: 40 yards or yeah so, i bet
0: and got him and the best part was you were jumping up and down and yeah, excited that's what i was getting at
1: i, I was, I was, I was <laughs> it was awesome curtis you know he felt a little sheepish i think about shooting a duck on the water and i said no man we we we, we convinced him to to land in the decoys uh, yeah we call that Arkansasing a duck and uh so i think it was most apropos that you took your first flooded timber mallard with that muzzleloader sitting on the water,
0: Arkansas style. I
1: was so excited. I was jumping up and down. I think I was more excited than you were.
0: I I was I was just I'm new, right? And but once you were excited, that that you let me it was be okay. happy. Yeah, it was good. It was it was a good time. You knew it was okay. Yep.
1: So hunting with muzzleloaders always is a challenge. Whether we're talking about rifles, for mm-hmm. you know, here in Arkansas, it's deer. You you hunt big game uh, out yep. in, in in the Mountain West with them, but you know, one thing, <laughs> we, we they're called waterfowl for a reason. So we're always around water. Yep. Um, you got any any uh, sad stories about uh, you know wet powder or, or anything
0: like that? Oh yeah, you you always got to keep your powder dry your bore dry because it's really frustrating when the birds come in and you just hear click and you put another cap on and click put another cap on and so that's why in the morning we made sure we shot our percussion caps through the bore keep it dry and uh, just knowing your your kit you kind of get better at it you get the waterproof they call them speed loaders but there's nothing speedy about loading a muzzle loader
1: <laughs> no, not when you're pouring the powder no. down, and you gotta, like you said, then, then you but gotta it keeps put the dry rod and then the then the shot. What kind of shot are you using? Because obviously you're not gonna use steel in these old old No, programs.
0: so I mean, because this is old Damascus, right? I mean, if you did steel on old Damascus barrel, it would unwind it and ruin it. So, I'm ordering uh, bismuth. So we're shooting five shot bismuth, and uh, works really good. It's it's soft like lead and non toxic, but gets the job done explain to me how you can change your
1: pattern because you, you're these are cylinder bore yep uh so you're, you're not putting a choke tube in or yep. anything like that how do you how do you adjust like if you want a tighter pattern or a wider pattern
0: so cylinder cylinder bore the muzzle loader powder doesn't burn as consistent that's why all the smoke comes out so what you do is you start with uh, your recipe of uh, black powder and shot so you start with equal part black powder and equal part shot so we call that a square load. square load square load from you yep and if you want your pattern a little tighter you always start square then you do a little bit more shot versus powder if you think your pattern's a little too tight you do a little bit more powder versus shot and you just play with that until you get the pattern you want about the distance you're shooting and then make sure it's not just a tight pattern but the BBs are barely moving you got to still make sure that it will penetrate so get that and get ready for hunting yep what is
1: the what what's the effective range of of one of these muzzle loaders shotguns
0: i don't want to sound arrogant here but what's very interesting is I'll take my fancy browning, you know, over and under sporting clays gun. And uh, when I shoot clays, I'm hitting clays the same distance. Um, I don't feel handicapped with it other than getting it moving is a bit heavy. But I don't like to take ducks further than 30 yards, right? You want to commit them. They're, they're dead if they're in that 30-yard range. Yeah. Yep.
1: How often do you hunt with the muzzleloader as opposed to, you know, a modern shotgun?
0: So last year I made a goal, and last year I did all my hunting with muzzleloader traditional black powder.
1: Every every duck
0: hunt? So every single duck hunt last year, and uh, I, uh, when I did my hip survey, I think it was just over 100 ducks just hunting on public land, all with the muzzleloader. Then I got my mule deer up in the mountains with the traditional 45 caliber muzzleloader Parker Hale Civil War sniper rifle. So I mean, yeah, I, I try to hunt with as, as much as I can just because it's, ah, it's an experience. It's like a time machine. You think about all the people that maybe have shot this gun, what they used it for, and. It's kind of like you take the souls of the people that have used it in the past with you. It's it makes a hunt a little bit more meaningful, other than just killing ducks. I don't know how to explain no, it. But I, it's no, deep. I know.
1: Totally, I was going to ask you. That was going to be my next question. I mean, there's got to be a sense of satisfaction, gratification. I don't know. You know, pick pick a word, but like it, like you said, more meaningful uh, when, when you do it with something that's a little more primitive.
0: Yeah, and. And then the fact that it's an original and you're like, I mean, they built this gun in the 1800s to do exactly what we're doing here today. They built it for the east shore of London and they called it wild fouling. They didn't build it for, you know, the flooded timber of Bayou Media, but it's the same purpose. And to take something that would otherwise be an antique, a wall hanger, forgotten, and use it this tool for the exact reason it was made almost 200 years ago there's something special about it i don't i don't yeah no fully know no, what it is well,
1: but, so so mine is uh i'm, I'm shooting a, a 12-gauge side-by-side yeah great Soli. gun pedersoli it, yeah and it's a it's, it's a replica i mean it's not a i mean it's still probably a 65 70 year old shotgun yep. uh, it's not like a i didn't just break it out of a box but it's not it's not what this is but still, I think it's probably like the same reason some people, you know, derive more satisfaction from, from bow hunting or fly fishing as opposed to conventional yeah. tackle. You're, you're kind of, you know, by the very by the very essence of picking this up and it's like, I'm going to go hunting with this, yeah. you're handicapping yourself. You're making it harder. And I think that challenge is part of what, you know, when you said, yeah, let's go duck hunting with these black powder guns. I think that's that's the part that spoke to me it's like well yeah I mean I've killed a lot of ducks with my my 12 gauge and and my 20 gauge but I haven't killed ducks with this a weapon that's not as efficient or as effective it's not as fast but it's uh, I mean I guess it's the same reason people go climb mountains because it's it's the challenge that's in front of them
0: I think it kind of the old adage stop and smell the roses it makes you kind of stop and appreciate things it takes longer to load and so I don't know maybe you say stop and smell the, the gunpowder but <laughs> it, it just makes you kind of pay attention to other things other than let's just load our semi-autos and just kill ducks as fast as we can you know it's it brings it back to a time where we all kinda of came from as hunters and and uh, you know bringing food home or I mean, I almost wonder if maybe there was an old market hunter that used this back in the day.
1: What do you, th- if, if you could write the story of this shotgun, the, the part, the history that you don't know, what, how, how do you imagine it?
0: I just, I imagine, I mean, you got to think about it, all the engraving and the checkering and it's not fancy, but it was made to work. And it was done before really light bulbs were a thing, so it was done by hand. So the guy who made it put time into it. So I think the guy who saved money up to buy it bought it to put time into it, and I bet you he used it for shooting geese or ducks on the east shore of London, and then I don't know how it ended up in America. How
1: did it get over here? I don't know.
0: (laughs) And you know, a lot of these old guns that came over to America, if they came during like the the Pioneer times, they ended up cutting the barrels down, making them sawed off shotguns. But this still has its original 36 inch barrels. So however it came here, it was able to preserve it as a tool for waterfowl hunting.
1: Speaking of the barrels, you said that one of the barrels is maybe slightly larger bore than the other.
0: Yeah, I I learned that the hard way. so it started out as an 11 bore i think i don't know but i think whoever shot a lot of it shot the right barrel mostly because the right barrel is more like a 10 gauge and the left barrel is more like an 11 gauge so when you're cleaning your shotgun which is quite an ordeal it's a labor of love (laughs) my wife calls it my second wife when i come home and i gotta spend an hour cleaning it sometimes but uh You know, I was getting my jag stuck in the left barrel. So I had to get a special jag made for the left barrel and one for the right.
1: You've you've got different cleaning supplies for for the two barrels. Yeah,
0: just so I can make sure that I get all the moisture out and keep them clean. And I want to get as tight fit as I can without getting them stuck.
1: Let's talk a little bit
0: about the process.
1: When you're out here in, in the flooded timber... It's not the easiest place in the world to load a shotgun we've got a couple of ducks uh, on the back side of the hole over here so
0: did they just go down
1: Uh they acted like they were going to go down i'm not i'm not sure if they did i don't see them anymore so they may have unless
0: they do just say the word we'll get them
1: <laughs> um walk us through the process you, you already mentioned uh and if any of uh our friends from the enforcement division of arkansas Game and fish are listening and you heard a, a hollow popping sound before shooting no. time. Those were just those were just percussion caps uh, to to make sure everything's dry in there. What happens next? Uh, you got to find a log, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, when we're in water, I mean, you look at all the old movies when they're loading muzzle yeah, the barrel, loaders. The barrels at about like. Yeah, yeah. Money, you right? put the you put the butt of the gun uh, the stock you know the butt down on the on the ground and then load through the muzzle so we got to make sure we find a good log like this that we can kind of load without putting our gun in the water because once you to turn it into a canoe paddle it won't go off now you've got
1: good. a bandolier with your speed loaders around your waist and you've also got like a, a, a shell pouch on the right side Now know you're not using it for shells i'm i'm, I'm really envious of your system here because you know you obviously don't have a a strap to hang this thing on a tree like we normally do in the flooded timber uh so you're putting the butt down in the in the shell pouch and so that's like kind of an anchor point where you you don't have to hold it with both hands the whole time
0: no and and i also have it for if if we end up doing a lot of shooting i can just toss my my uh my little quick loaders once they're empty i toss them in there because uh i can only buy so many of these before i get yelled at
1: so we've got a 15 shot shell limit here in biometa i guess are you limiting yourself to to 15 uh, pre-measured speed i I
0: got 15 yep (laughs) yep i got 15 in my thing and and uh we we haven't shot them all but we're having a good time we're
1: having a good time it's it, it again like you said i think it's you know and we talk about this, and it almost becomes cliche that we say it's not just about you know it's not about duck meat. it's not just about the number of birds we line up on a log to take a picture of. there's a lot of a lot of other stuff. Uh, and having these these muzzle odors, these primitive shotguns out here really adds to the experience. Um, I'm I'm still eager getting back to the 15 speed loaders. I asked our chief of wildlife last year before we came out. He was our waterfowl biologist then, Luke Naylor. I said, "What is the what what's the rule if we're if we don't have shotgun shells? If <laughs> like, you know, if I just came out with like a powder horn and, you know, a, a, a ditty bag, a possi- a, possibi- a possible's bag with uh, you know, with all the just loose shot in it he thought you, know? you
0: were crazy huh
1: no he's like man he said have at it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> he said i i don't i, I think you're handing your, handicapping yourself enough that perhaps the 15 shot shell restriction is not a, not a big deal for for you but we are adhering to that uh to that rule and we only have 15 speed loaders uh pre pre-made um well curtis it, it's been really uh, a lot of fun for me it's taken me back I, like i said i, I grew up doing a lot of muzzleloading rifle matches, mm-hmm. but I never got to shoot the shotgun. I got to be the trap boy a couple okay. of times. Uh, you know, sit in the trap house and make sure the machine was, was loaded up. Uh, but uh, I never got to shoot one and, until we connected. And it has, uh, I mean, you know, I'm from Arkansas. I'm a hardcore duck hunter. It, is, it was, you know, my first love in the outdoors and it's still something that, that I enjoy doing. But this has kind of rekindled a passion and given me sort of a new angle to pursue. And for that, I thank you very much, my friend.
0: And, You're welcome. Uh, Thanks but, for having uh, me.
1: I think we still got another, I don't know, hour and a half or so before we got to be off the water out here. So we're gonna we're gonna sign off now for the Arkansas Wildlife Podcast and uh, try to shoot a greenhead with yeah. some black powder shotguns. We'll talk to you next time on the Arkansas Wildlife Podcast.